Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And we're getting to know the industry one conversation at a time. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. How are you? I'm great. Sarah, have you heard of ChatGPT3? I've not. What is that? It's a pretty crazy new AI program that we all have access to. And you could kind of ask it to do anything. It's kind of like Google for <laughs> okay. data. So here's what I asked it. Okay. Okay. I asked it to write a, um, an introduction to our podcast. And here's what it came up with. <laughs> Go for it. It came up with, Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. Today, we're talking estate sales with the one and only Kelly Charles Sheet, the go-to pro for maximizing returns and making the process a breeze. Get ready to take notes and have some fun because this episode is packed with insider tips and expert knowledge that you won't want to miss. Wow. What do you think? I feel inferior. I think it should start a podcast and we should quit. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can be its assistants. You just told us to end it. <laughs> end it. I love it. Anyways, well, now we know all about you. Welcome, uh, Kelly Charlesy. Thank you for having me, you guys. That was a great introduction, actually. <laughs> right? It's better so, than we would have written for sure. Pretty smart. Yeah. I think the machines are taking over. <laughs> but now there's so much um, pressure on me to have a bunch of insider tips. So <laughs> uh, well, but well, we're you, gonna asterisk right, that and then just right. say, but all, if but available, also, you can't blame us for that. You can blame, right? you know, you can blame yeah. AI. Yeah. Um, okay, so you are you work as for maybe you can explain it to us. A company called Grayson's is that like uh, a franchise? Tell us more about who they are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Okay, so Grayson's Estate Sales Services and Business Liquidations was founded in about 2009, and they have about 31 franchise owners across the nation, but mostly oh, wow. in California, because that's where it originated from, kind of Huntington Beach area. The founder's still involved. She's a great lady. And she used to be, I believe, a mortgage broker or definitely in this industry. So she understands it completely and the needs of realtors and things like that. And so I happen to be one of the franchise owners, one of the 31 of us, and I am in South Bay, Los Angeles. I cover mostly Torrance, the Beach Cities, Harbor City, Gardena, some cities like that. But I can kind of speak for all of us. And um, anywhere someone had a listing, at least in the LA area, there'd be a franchise owner that could help them out. Oh, cool. Yeah, great. Well, I want to learn more about it. Um, I think I've been to one estate sale in my life. Have you ever been to an estate sale? I feel like I've wandered into one. Right. But I, I wasn't aware that there were actual companies that would put these on. I thought it was just like a, a garage sale with nice stuff. And, and, and nice people. <laughs> like selling everything. And price know? labels, like they're like the prices. Anyways. Right. Well, yeah. So tell us more. So obviously this is a big business, Kelly, right? Because there's a lot of franchisees and, and whatnot. And you guys do a lot of these. Okay. So what I know about estate sales or what I think I know is that presumably if someone passes on, this is what I think of an estate sale, and they have a house full of stuff and their heirs or the the, the trustee need to unload all that stuff, sell all that stuff so they can maybe sell the house. That's where they get you involved. Is that is that more or less correct? Or what am yeah, I Yeah, that's one of the scenarios. But we actually try to preach also downsizing sales, have an estate sale and liquidate things before you pass away, before it becomes a 
problem for the family per se, like the family's left to deal with all these mm. things. Cause that's the hard thing. So the reason we're in business is because families historically had to hold their own estate sales and they're emotionally attached to these things. It's a lot of work. We always uh, suggest that the family doesn't do their own estate sales. So there's definitely a need for what we do, but it's not just for yeah. when someone passes away, it's downsizing. People, a lot of people moved out of the state recently, relocated, going into assisted living. A lot of people go into a six thousand or six hundred square foot assisted living facility from a large two thousand square foot home or something, and they're not sure what they can take and what will fit in their new place. We're able to help with that and kind of strategize. And we also do business liquidations. There's kind of a trend out there right now where a commercial building will be sold and the new owner will raise the rents and every single tenant has to go out of business because their business, staying in business for them is dependent on their rent being low and it's no longer low. Mm. And uh, if there's no business to liquidate, then we liquidate the assets. I um, did a 6,000 square foot brewery one time I've done a picture framing shop that was in the mall, all kinds of business liquidations. We kind of think outside the box. I I mean, anything to kind of help realtors too. One realtor, he had the property cleared out, but there was still a safe on site. And once we got a safe cracker in there, there was a bunch of coins inside and the realtor needed those liquidated. So we just took care of that small piece of the puzzle for the realtor, but it you know, helped him out a lot. Right. So you can do kind of like a la carte situations like liquidating items in a safe, but you can also do entire buildings and properties. And exactly. Because every sale is so different. There's no, there's no rules on estate sales. It's just whatever the needs are of the family or the realtor, that's what we got to step in and do. Curious, just as far as it comes to like antiques and, and vintage type items. How do you, like, are you an expert on all things that in that regard, or do you have experts that you talk to on these things? It seems like you'd kind of have to have a wealth of knowledge or know people that do to figure out how to price some of those things. I definitely know a lot of people. I also grew up in this industry. When I was a kid, my family would buy and sell at the swap meet and my dad was a bottle collector. So we'd go digging for bottles and do bottle shows and things like that. So I kind of grew up in this industry, but I would say that I'm a really expert at marketing my estate sales and getting a lot of people to come and anything I don't know how to price or I don't, or my team doesn't know how to price or we can't look up, we will bring in an expert. But a lot of the things, if you think about it, we see them over and over and there's a lot of tools online and even subscription-based apps that we get involved with to help us appraise things accordingly and get the maximum value for our clients. But yeah, I've definitely brought in experts. Yeah, that's it. That's a good point. So much is available online, but I imagine if you're a homeowner or the children of somebody who is moving or downsizing or has passed away, it might be difficult to become an expert and do all that on your own. Oh, yeah, so I can see where yeah. um, you guys would hey, certainly come in. You don't need to know shit anymore because there's <laughs> chat GPT-3. So do you want to know the value of anything? You just use your AI. Exactly. You just know where um, to find the info. Exactly. So let me tell you about one other scenario too, you guys, is sometimes we have the opposite of antiques. We have really modern and nice stuff, okay, that the realtor might want to use for staging. So one time I held an estate sale because the realtor wanted like the small things gone, the jewelry, the clothing, the personal items, right? Because the home wasn't going to show well with all those things. So we held a really great 
estate sale. This was in Manhattan Beach, really nice home. But she wanted some of the things, the stager wanted some of the things saved, like the TV mounted on the wall, some furniture, some rugs, some plants, so she Mm. could use it for staging. And then during the 30-day escrow, after they'd done a beautiful job staging the home, we came back and sold those other items and had a second estate sale. And I'm sure the family saved money on staging. And uh, both sales did Mm. really, really well. Smart. That's interesting. So would you say in most cases or what percentage of cases does a real estate agent bring you guys in versus like the family? I'd say about 80% of the time a realtor brings us in. And even if it's the family that brings us in, it's at the advice of a realtor. (laughs) Still, (laughs) it's barely ever. I mean, sometimes the family does a Google search and finds us like by like Yelp or our Google reviews. But it, it seems like it's realtors because they want, they're trying to strategize the fastest way to get this home on the market. But also they, I like how realtors these days are also thinking about the family and getting them a second check for their belongings. Historically, realtors have been like, nope, just get it out of here. Get it, put it in a dumpster, put it in trucks, get it out of here. (laughs) But now they're really like trying (laughs) to keep things out of landfills and get families more money for their belongings, not just the home. What is the um, coolest thing that you've come across or some of the coolest things that you just something rare or something that you were just so excited to have encountered at an estate sale? Oh gosh. Okay. So one of the things that I recently had is a human skull. <laughs> now, oh, oh. it's it legal wow. to sell, right? But it's a medical one. So it's totally legal. It belonged to a dentist and it was the kind where it was totally used in a school, but it was real. And that was, that was very Wow. <laughs> so if I if I was at that estate sale, how much could I have uh, bought that skull for? Had, what what was the going right, rate? You would have had to beat the best offer which was $1000. Wow. wow. I don't think my skull is worth a thousand bucks. Um what do you mean the best Wait, it's an auction? I thought they were prices. That no? um that was the one item that it, it had to you had to have the the first. Uh, oh, that's cool. So you can auction items. Yeah, too. yeah. That was one one of the items because the buyer basically he was not local, and so I said, if you beat the first person that comes in line and their offer for it, then uh, you can have mm. it and I'll ship it to you. But anyways, uh, most people come in person to these things, and I don't really ship things. But this was a special, special item that I'll probably never have again. Yeah, <laughs> no more skulls. What was the last thing you bought yourself from an estate sale? Oh, you know, only I only buy supplies for my business, <laughs> like an easy up or a tape right. or something. <laughs> it's funny because I have everything <laughs> I, I need and I don't have a, a, a warehouse or a lot of space or anything. So I really get so excited when I find something cool for my business. Oh, you know, I found a lady, I was liquidating an event business and she was selling her amazing A-frame signs. And so I turned them into Grayson signs and they look beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Is there um, short of a thousand dollar skulls? Uh, have there been times when uh, you were surprised to find something valuable or the family was su- surprised that there was something valuable in the estate? Yeah, definitely. And we've uh, brought it to their attention when we've found something that we thought they didn't know about. Um, if they're still alive, that is. And then we found things that they were hoping that we would find, like ashes, <laughs> mm. <laughs> that they couldn't locate mm. themselves and they had to leave the property. But once we found them, we could get them, get them those items. You know, we, we always find something that they didn't know about, whether it's pictures or personal tax records mm-hmm. and things. 
We always, we, we dig a little oh, harder cool. than they do, I think. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff's in the attic. Right? <laughs> Whatever you don't know about, it's all in the attic. Yeah, occasionally we basement. have basements. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the other day we had an estate sale where my workers, they pushed a bookcase forward and found behind there, there was a secret room. Ooh. Ooh. Any any oh, skulls? No. Yeah, what was in there? <laughs> Silverware and all kinds of things. And I went back to the realtor and I huh. said, hey, we're going to have to push this estate sale back a, a week. There's a bunch of stuff in this secret room that you didn't really tell me about. And she's like, oh, is that that room? It's like in the <laughs> bathroom or something. I'm like, you mean the one behind the bookcase? She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why didn't you tell me about that? <laughs> she just forgot. She, it was just kind of an oversight, you know? <laughs> That's a cool feature for when she lists that house. Yeah, definitely. And it was it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. It's really cool. And I made a TikTok video about it and my customers watched it. And when they came mm. to the sale, they, none of them got mad at me for postponing the sale. Cause I could blame it on that. <laughs> I was like, did you see the video of the secret cool. room? Like, do you blame me? I wanted to get that stuff in the sale. <laughs> yeah, for of course. Sure. For sure. Do you ever have instances where drama or conflict arises? Oh, yeah, because um, customers claim that they were ahead of somebody in line, but they really weren't. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I have really... It's usually on the customer end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or if they park in some neighbor's driveway or something like that, then drama always happens. I hate when that those things happen. <laughs> we try to keep the neighbors happy. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. Customers are take this very seriously. Some of them take it really seriously. They have collections and things like that. And they came from really far or whatever. Yeah. Do you get regulars? I mean, do you see a lot of the same people come and I do, especially being a franchise in stuff. one area. I see the same people over and over. Uh, but I love when I acquire mm -hmm. new customers too, via they came for something special from far away. They saw it in the marketing or word of mouth or it's a, a realtor. Sometimes Realtors kind of, or neighbors, use the estate sale as a first opportunity to look at a home too. And that's led to mm. sales of homes because uh, maybe they've driven by a home and it's, they've always wanted to see what it looked like inside or a family rents a mm. home in, at a neighborhood and they'd like to stay in the same school district. And finally, this home that they've kind of admired as they drive home is available to look at and on, on the market. I had a historic home in Hermosa Beach, one of the first four homes built in Hermosa Beach. It was green and everybody wow. knew about this house. Like it was very popular. And a realtor who's a good customer of mine came to my estate sale to shop. She just always comes and shops. And she said during the estate sale, she's like, I think I have a buyer for this home. And it was the craziest home. I had a spiral yeah. staircase, an apartment in the front, two garages. It was crazy old home. And I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, right. You have a buyer. Like I hear this all the time, you know, but she's <laughs> like, no, really, I really think I have a buyer. And she ended up getting it for her buyer. It was crazy. <laughs> wow. Can, can we pivot a little bit? I was wondering about for our audience who are realtors and obviously always looking for more listings in business. You kind of touched on something that was interesting, which is maybe they that, that's a good way to find uh, future listings is trying to figure out hey what who's having estate sales because that prob that house will probably be on the market soon uh, listings i mean uh, future potential 
homes for their buyers. But when you get involved, does that house already usually have a listing agent? And would you say there's any ideas or opportunities for agents to that aren't already in the world of estate and probate listings or trust sales to get involved in that? Are, are you... You ever talk to agents about that, how, how they can get uh, involved in that space? Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, so I would say that most of the time they are represented by an agent, but when they're not, when I go to a consultation, because I go to quite a few, when they're not represented by an agent, because I always ask, I love networking. I always ask, do you have a real estate agent already? But partially for my own reasons, because I want to, the next thing I want to know is, have you talked to them about, do the appliances stay and different things like that? But I always ask them, what's the next phase for the home? Or do you have an agent? And if they don't, then I recommend three agents because I don't want to seem biased. And they're all real estate agents I've worked with in the past. And I'm willing to Mm -hmm. spread the wealth as far as I don't need to give the same names out. And I've definitely worked with way more than three real estate agents. So I just give three and I kind of spread the wealth. And those have led to not only consultations for those realtors, but even closed listings. So I would love to continue doing that because I know that it's more often you guys, the realtors kind of refer us, but they definitely go both ways. And I'm always asking, so I'm always trying to have the clients that I have be using the agents that I love and that I know do a great job already. There's one real estate agent who I've actually gotten six estate sales from personally, six. That's Mm -hmm. a lot. Wow. That's a lot. Does it seem to you that kind of the same bunch of agents seem to be in that world? Like that's their little niche that the same agents seem to do estate type properties or probate type properties. And it's a little bit hard to break into. Is that the case or or not? Well, I don't know about the hard to break it into part, but I, I would say that if you specialize in probate, or seniors, if you have that specialization, then that I, I get a lot of those. Some, you know, some agents, mm-hmm. maybe they kind of do the fixer uppers, whereas like hoarder homes, I do kind of get agents that kind of seems to specialize in ones that are kind of hoarder-ish. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So when you have estate sales, you do you sell most of the items in the home or do you also have a consignment shop yourself that you sell? No, I don't really have any kind of options after the estate sale and I work on commission. So I'm highly motivated to sell everything on site. I don't have a warehouse or a store and things. Part of the reason for that is things sell better in their natural environment. It sounds weird to say that, but Mm. a sofa will still sell better in a living room than it will in some warehouse somewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I read on the Grayson's website that people that need to do an estate sale have a couple options. One is to do the traditional estate sale like we've been talking about, which I think is kind of commission, consignment, whatever you want to call it. And the other one was interesting because it it seemed to indicate that your company could just uh, come in and give a single price for all the goods in the house. Is, is that right? It's true. Probably some of the franchise owners do that. Yes. It's called a buyout. And mm-hmm. it's uh, if you get someone that's willing to do a buyout and you can get your things taken away for one price, that it's hard to find. So it's a good opportunity. And that's what I get a lot of calls asking all the time. You know, people are asking, Hey, I've got just furniture left. We used everything else or we got donated everything else. Can you come and just do a buyout? I personally haven't done one. I'm definitely open to it, 
but I don't know where I would put that stuff other than another right. estate sale that's pretty empty. I have done that before. I'll have an estate sale where there's hmm. barely anything there, but if I can find somebody that has some inventory for me and uh, I can bring it to that kind of emptier estate sale and turn it into an actual full home estate sale. I, in fact, I did that this last weekend. I had a just a two-day pretty empty estate sale and I had a client that had some costume jewelry and things that a category that we did not have some clothing and things like that and I brought it and you would never know that it came from somewhere else but combined those things having those extra categories made the sale a lot more enticing and interesting helped out two clients at one in one weekend so and mm. I, I don't know there's definitely different strategies and, and things but buyouts are a little hard to come by and got it they, they exist for sure got it let me ask you this on the customer side, the folks that come to these estate sales, I'm kind of curious, do people believe they're getting a deal? Because I think of there's an estate sale and there's a garage sale. I think those are very different, but I know people that go to garage sale, they're going to haggle. They think they're getting a good, a good deal or a yard sale. I think an estate sale is different, but do you feel like people expect that they're getting a good price on the items there? And then my second question, totally unrelated is, is theft a common problem for you? Okay, the first part is I, I believe that people think they're getting a good deal as far as they are not paying eBay prices and they're not paying retail prices. But I also think my customers keep in the back of their mind that they're they're helping out a family. There's a person behind the estate. There's there's a family behind the estate, and I think that that's part of their loyalty to estate sales. Rather than going to like Goodwill, I think that they don't feel that get that same warm, fuzzy feeling when they go to the Goodwill store and pay a certain amount. So yeah, they get good deals at estate sales, but there's also, I think, other warm, fuzzy aspects that go into attending there rather than just buying something on eBay or going to the store. And as far as is, is theft a common problem, I don't think it's a common problem. I think it could exist. We just need to be aware of it and be really conscious. And I know as for myself, I don't keep jewelry on site. I'll take it home with me and I'll put it somewhere safe. I don't keep it at the property because some people do think that estates maybe are, are vacant. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. I've stayed at properties overnight uh, for days, just in, in case, you know, if I felt any kind of vibe, like it, there was like not enough mm. security over there at the property. I've definitely stayed there instead of staying at my own house, whatever it takes to keep a property safe, yeah. the belongings safe. I mean, we'll do it. We'll put up cameras, whatever it takes to get these properties yeah. kept safe and belongings not stolen. We'll do it. Awesome. Great. Well, this was great. Do you have any other tips for realtors and best scenarios to recommend you or ways that they can work with you? Well, I, I think the, the most important thing is, is maybe get us in there early. Get us, if you're not sure if the things are worth trashing or worth holding an estate sale, just have us come out and do a free consultation earlier rather than later. I mean, I've had realtors, they'll call me and they'll be like, Kelly, I have no idea what I'm looking at. There could be something valuable. Can you go over there? And they'll literally just give me the lockbox combination and I'll go over there, take a look and tell them, no, this is a clear out situation or because maybe they're not in the area, but I definitely am. I'm local. I'm, I live in my territory, mm -hmm. 
but you know, they may have a far away listing or whatever. So yeah, get us in there early so we can help strategize. I can't think of anything else other than, um, I, I can't think of anything else. Well, they, they, I mean, look, Grayson's is a, is a big company, right? So if, if, um, they can reach you and if, if, if it's, if it's something that it's not in your territory, you can obviously recommend them to the, uh, the right franchise. Absolutely. Right? I love being the point of contact person because I can't expect realtors to know all 31 of us. So I always say wherever you're yeah, listening, yeah. someone will be able to cover it. Just call me and I'll figure out who it is and have them give you a call. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Kelly. That was great. Really appreciate uh, all that information. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. (laughs) Great questions, you guys. Of course. (laughs) Okay, be well. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at larealtorpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.